0: Galatians, the faith which is of God, the faith of God is what I'm really talking about. Hallelujah, faith of God. Now in Galatians 2 verse number 20, the Bible says, For I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. You know words, My life is not centered on my who or who I am. By implication, I'm existing, I'm living, but the life I'm living right now is not based on who I think I should be. The life is based on he who lives through me. Now, if somebody is living through you, you're no longer living. You are living for him. Am I right? You are no longer living. It's like you are existing, but yet you are not existing because you are existing through another one who is existing through you. Hallelujah. And he said, Christ liveth in me. Now, I want you to picture that. If Christ is living his life through you, oh, I don't know how you want to see yourself. It is no longer you in the true sense. It is somebody else living his life through you. Hallelujah. And he said, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I live by the faith of the Son of God. Now, you see, for every one of the heroes of faith, they live by the faith that was imparted to them by reason of their calling. Did I make any point there? Life should be lived based on the instructions that God gives. Through faith, is crafted in the voice of God you hear for yourself. I've always been emphasizing it, and I think I'll keep on preaching it until it gets Deep into your spirit, sink into your life, and it becomes part and parcel of you that you must seek the voice of God to be able to do the things you do and to live the life you are supposed to live. Because there is something connected to the voice of God. Hallelujah. True faith, which is the faith of God. Now, get it this way Abraham was about 75 years old when God said, Come out of your father's house. Is that okay? Now, when the Bible says Abraham did not stagger, In faith. I want you to understand what does that mean? It simply means I believe, and not just I believe, there is something working in Abraham to accomplish what God said when he said, get out of your father's house. It is not something he drummed up. It is not something he just wanted. Listen, every one of us has a measure of life God intends us to live, and that life must be communicated to us and when it is communicated, it becomes the faith of God. Not just our faith, the faith of God. Are you understanding what I'm saying here? It becomes the faith of God. Now, when you live by the faith of God, nothing is impossible for you to achieve. Praise the living God. The life that I live now in the flesh, I live by the faith of God. So, Paul is saying here, I walk every day where the anchor of that which God has spoken to me and what he wants to accomplish through me as a vessel. Paul got through shipwreck and all of those stuff. Remember that. But yet the fate of God was working in his life because he understood precisely. Now, even when he spoke to Timothy and he said, I'll finish the course. Remember, a course is an assignment or a particular assignment, if I may use the word That either God or man gives to you. Let me put it that way. Is that okay? When he said I finished my course. He didn't say I finished my preaching in that sense. But what he's trying to say. The boundary of assignment that God has given to me. I've completed it. And I'm about to be poured out. He knew. when he Oh come on that tells you something. When you walk and live by the faith of God. You're not going to die before your time. Nothing could keep Paul until he finished his course. And one of the things that will keep you going in this life is when you know your cause, and you know that this is God who gave this cause to me. So that even if within your physical body, let me just use the word, physical sicknesses are ravaging your body, you know you're not going to die by reason of that sickness because there's a cause you must finish. No sickness will take you out of the way. No accident will take you out of the way until your cause is true. Can I hear an to that? No witch, no wizard. No demon from the pit of hell. Nothing whatsoever can take your life until you are through with your cause. Practically impossible. Hallelujah. How many of you remember Simon in the temple? Simon could not die. He, he was asking for death. I told you yesterday He was asking by his age. He was asking for death, but he could not die. Because the Lord said, you are going to see the salvation of Israel. And until... The son Jesus was revealed, was brought forth to dedication. Simon could not die. that will not come until you see the thing God wants you to see. That will not come. Even if you're asking for it, it will refuse. Are you still following what I'm talking about? That will not come until you finish. Until you see, there are certain things God has spoken to you. Maybe you don't know, but just think, and God is going to bring to remembrance. Some of those things must have told you. There are some things God must have made known to you, even as you are growing up, until those things are realized, you won't die. Amen. That is far from tabernacles. Why? Because there are promises God has made. And every promise of God carries life with it. Hallelujah. Every promise of God carries life with it. In fact, that promise is the anchor to your life. Nothing can snap you out because there is a promise that must be fulfilled. Can you hear what God says? He said, every word he sent forth will not return to him void, but he must do what? Accomplish. There is a fulfillment of every word that God says and sent forth even to your life. So no matter what you think you are passing through, you have a future. You do not have a future. You have a complete future. A fulfilled future. An expected one for that matter. Why is it expected? Because it was promised. Some of you don't even understand that you didn't just come here because you want to be alive. God dropped you here. Let me explain something. God dropped you here with a mission. How many of you remember what he told Jeremiah? Before I formed you, Before I created in your mother's womb, I knew you. Did I say so? Did the Bible say so? God knows you before you came in here. You didn't just come here because you want to be a human being. You came here with an assignment. That's what you must discover. You came here with an assignment in the hands of God. And that thing is right in your spirit, resonating every day. Something is tickling in your spirit. This is who you are. This is who you are. This is who you are. You just need to listen to that what God is saying. And by the time you capture what God is saying, your life is taking a new turn. Glory to God the life I live in the flesh I lean longer to myself but I live by the faith of the son of God who died and gave himself for me let's get down to Hebrews 1 and see what I have to say there praise the Lord Hebrews 1 check it out heroes of faith every one of them had a word from God Samson was raised and said, your assignment to destroy the Philistines." <laughs> and here was Samson walking and people think something didn't know what he was doing. But he said, the assignment is to destroy the Philistines. And he did it completely. Even at the time of his death, the Bible tested that those he destroyed when he was blind were more than those he destroyed while he was alive. His major assignment was to destroy the Philistines. That is what it was designed for created for. Can I hear an amen to that? Yeah. Hebrews 1. I read from verse 1 and 2. God who has sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets had in these last days spoken unto us. By who? By his son. Whom he has appointed of all things. By whom also he made the walls. The world is not talking about the geographical planet. The world is not talking about Maybe you talk about the stars, the galaxies, and things like that. You may want to put that doubt, but listen to me. When you talk about made the world, you talk about the ages. Am I right? Glory to God. Amen. By the world, he made the ages. In other words, every age is spoken into existence through the sun. And you have to live out the age that you are. Hallelujah. Praise the living God. Now if you watch this, see something. It's good to listen to the prophets of old. It's good to listen to what the father said. There is nothing wrong with all of that. But in all of this, understand something. These were measures of the revelation of God to a people in particular seasons and ages. Now what he's saying is you are in another age and the age that you are is the age of his son and the son is speaking today. Now if you live listening to the son and be listening to the fathers as the case may be or listening to the prophet of old as the case may be, you miss what the son is saying today. Now where do you find the son? Think of the picture. The fathers, they're external to you. The prophet, they're external to you. The son is eternal. Are you there? The life I live in the flesh, I live by the Son of God, who gave His life for me. The faith of the Son of God. Is anybody connecting that? It means the Son is speaking from where? From within. The prophet were external. The fathers were external. Are you getting that? But when it comes to the sun, the age you are, listen, people, the age that we are, as far as God's work is concerned, is a place where we become the true I. When I'm using the word is the real I now lives within your re eye In other words, you've come to the place where your real life is being revealed to you so that you can know who you are because there is a man that lives on your inside. Praise the living God. There is a man that lives on your inside. I want to make you understand, if you stand by what we are trying to say this morning, to know that my life is not centered on anything external, but that one within. A lot of things, just like I was trying to tell us this morning, things will begin to drop from your life. Your life is not going to be attracted, or centered, or built from that one which is external, that which is within. And let me tell you this, people of God, listen to me. You have the spirit of God. Even the unbelievers do have the spirit Listen. This may be confusing, but let me tell you this. Listen to this very closely. They have the Son of God. Let me put it out you Maybe you understand better. He said, "He is the light that lighteneth every man that cometh into the world." Have you read that, John? Did he say the light lightened every Christian? Come on, talk to me. That means every man has the light. But the point is that light is in darkness because they don't have the light of the Holy Spirit upon it. That's the difference between you and the unbeliever. Proverbs 2027, 20, the Bible tells us precisely the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. In other what? does every man have spirit? Good. That means everybody has a candle. Am I right? What's the difference between you and the unbeliever? The man on the street who doesn't know Christ have no light in his candle, so he walks in darkness. But you have light in your candle. Therefore, your life can never be the same. That's why he says, you are light that is lit by him. And he who lights the light must not put it under a bushel." Are you getting that? He put it on a stand that the whole world will do what? We see by implication, God wants to make a show of you. By reason of that light, you can no longer be below. By reason of that light, you can no longer be hiding behind the scene. There is something that brings you to prominence because there is someone that lives on your inside. Christ cannot be hidden. Therefore, when you are hidden, Christ is hidden. But because he cannot be hidden, you have to be where you are supposed to be. And your promotion is now. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm talking about? He said you have to listen to the son now. That was the time he speak. Now let me explain something here a little bit further. Praise the Lord. Look at John chapter 5. John chapter 5. Has God ever told you anything? There is life in what he says. Hallelujah. God speaking to Israel, he said, let the barren extend their tent, extend the pegs of their tent, because they are more than even, can you imagine such a thing? If such a word comes to you. Will you doubt it? Now watch this. Verily, verily, I say unto you, John 5, 25, the hour is coming. And now is not tomorrow. When the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that I hear shall do what. What does that mean? Amen. There is life in the voice of the Son of God. How do you live? How do you intend to live? How will life speak well to you, if I may use the word, when you begin to hear the voice? My concern within the body is this men are not hearing the voice. Men just are not hearing the voice one bit. Because if you can hear the directions from your spirit, as God communicates to you, He guides you into all pleasantness. When He says, Will lead me beside the still waters, how do you think He's going to do that? Through communication. He leads you through still waters. Place where you can easily go and drink and be satisfied. He leads you. Even in business. Hallelujah. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He maketh me. Means he's going to cause you to lie down in green pastures. Green. Not just pastures, but green ones. There is fruitfulness if we come to begin to listen and hear what God has to say. Hallelujah. Listen. Life can be so frustrating, but if only you can hear the voice. If only you can begin to understand what God is saying. If only you can begin to come to the place where God begins begin to communicate to your spirit and say, This is exactly who I created you to be. Life for you will take a new meaning. Praise the living God. The hour is coming, not tomorrow, now. Now remember, he said it's some 2,000 and years ago. Can you remember that? Now it's connecting this to what you said before. I'm going to read another scripture for you to understand what I'm saying here. But if you connect it to what he said before, in time past, God was speaking. Remember that? Through the fathers, through the prophets, through symbols. Most of the way, God speaks through the prophet. He was speaking through symbols. Is that Okay. Right? People like Ezekiel and all that who bring streaks, they'll bind them together, they'll, bring streaks, they'll break them, they say, this is Israel. He was speaking through symbols to the people. But here he's saying, no, come on, that time is over. The hour that we're in now, the moment that we're living in, God is speaking to everyone through the Spirit. So if you have the Holy Spirit, I definitely do expect that God will communicate to you. You only need to be able to come to the place to understand when God begins to talk to you. Now, watch the life of Abraham. The moment God spoke to him, his life took a new dimension. He can no longer be identified as a heathen. Is that okay? He became a new person with a new race. In his loins. Oh come on help me here. A new race in his line coming forth. He became the father of many nations. How many of you understand that. The same impartation that was in Abraham. Finally landed upon Isaac. Because when God spoke that word. That word went through down into his own system. And every child coming out of him. Carried that same word. That when it was difficult in the days of famine. Isaac was still plant. And a verse. because God have already told his father, I'm going to bless you. And that word went into his genes, so that even when Isaac came for, Isaac carried the same voice, God said, He's going to bless me. Hallelujah. So he could plant and he could reap, not just reaping, he reaped how many? Hundredfold, the Bible told us. The same thing that was working in his father. Why? Because he had a voice. Now, Abraham was an idol worshiper. I want you to come to the place that the voice of God will break demonic oppressions in your life. Amen. I want you to get it clear this morning. Abraham was an angel worshiper. Terah the father was an angel worshiper. I have always told you here. Yeah, Twelve God, they were seven in the month. I mean in the year. Every month one God. God simply said come out of the father's house. Get out of your kindred and follow me. And that was all. That voice broke everything about the past in the life of Abraham. Did you see Abraham suffering anything when he left his father's house? It's, where is the record? Tell me where the record was. That Abraham went through some oppression because of his past. Where is it? The voice will set you free. Amen. Hallelujah. If you can really hear what I'm talking about, forget. There is no demon that can stand when God makes a pronouncement. What did it take for Moses to set the children of Israel free from Egypt? Just a voice. Let my people go. Am I right? Where you don't, no, don't, Just let my people go. If you refuse, I will do this. It's no longer your battle, it's God's. All you need to do is to respond to the call, come. He said, from Egypt did I call my son. He did not only call the literal son, he also called Jesus from Egypt. God is always calling people from the world. And your world will not continue to follow you. Your world stops when you hear the voice. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? Where did Jesus come from? From Egypt. Where was the house of Israel? From Egypt. Read your Bible. I call my son from Egypt. Egypt cannot follow Jesus. Egypt will not follow the children of Israel. Egypt will not follow you. Your past is gone. The voice here that hear the voice of this, even if you were dead, it could be dead in sin and transposed, dead in your father's tradition, dead in anything. Those that hear, whether you were dead, you shall do what? You shall live. There is life based on the voice. Hallelujah. There is life. Based on the voice. If you can only hear the voice. Every deadness in your life. Even now I'm speaking. Every deadness in your life is gone. In the name of Jesus Christ. There have to be a life transmission into your physical body. Into your spirit. And into your soul. Some of you are thinking it's your problem. Your mental. You need mental adjustment. (laughs) I was speaking to a sister. When I was at River State. She just she said, "Pastor, I've gone through deliverance. I can't come out of it." I said, "Why can't you come out? What is your problem?" He said, "Look at me. My first husband left me because I'm a drunkard, a woman. I drink." He said, "When I will come drink, I can't eat anymore. The devils take away my appetite." I said, "It's not the devil. It's the alcohol. <laughs> devil can't take away your appetite. It's alcohol that does it." And she can drink for almost three days, four days without food. And she just believed the devil has taken away her appetite. I said, no, 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 no. It's not the devil. You are not eating well before you started drinking. What's the kind of food you're eating here? You don't eat well before you start drinking. And in the midst of that, you no longer have appetite for food. There's no devil. But by the way, why don't you want to stop? He said, but I've gone through a lot of deliverance and is happening. As even as I'm talking to you now, you are free. Now, as you live here, you stand And see alcohol. And tell yourself, I don't want to drink anymore. And see if the alcohol will come and force you or any devil will force you to come and drink. Practically impossible. You go work so hard, you have money. And then you you just come back home and I feel like drinking. You feel like drinking. Nobody's pushing you to drink. You want to drink. See what Paul said. And I'm I'm not using that to justify. But he said, all things are lawful, but all things are not necessary. And I will not be brought under the power on it. He didn't call it a devil. It's the power of the thing you are doing. There's a power involved in it. So this woman was drinking. there's a power of drunkenness working in her life. I don't want to call that a devil because if you want to come out, you come out. Do you understand what I'm talking about? If you want to come out, you come out one of the best I told her, I said, if you choose not to come out, I'm going to pray with you, but if you choose not to come out, then the next thing God will do is to give you poverty. You will have no money to buy the drink. Because your soul is more precious than the resources you are going to have. Are you getting this? Because you take your money to go and buy a drink. At that stage, she was even pregnant. I said, look at what you are doing to yourself. She just started crying. And I know something was happening in her life as I was talking to her. You just need some mental adjustment in your life. Overcome the power of the flesh. You can do it. (laughs) I can do all things through Christ that does what strengthens me. You quote all this nonsense and yet you are living in bondage to one thing called spirit. Where are the other things you can overcome by the power of God? Praise the Lord. Are you still following me? There is a voice on your inside. There's a voice that God has released. There's a voice that is speaking to you now. How many of you know that before you take every action, there is a reasoning you put together? Do you understand it? And sometimes God will even speak to you, which is through your conscience, that what you're about to do is wrong. Have you noticed that? (laughs) Glory to God. I read a story recently. I can't remember now, 24 years or something. A lady in in India or somewhere, she was worshipping, she was a Hinduist. She was a Hindu. And then she overheard somebody talking about the God that loves the whole world. And she looked at herself and said, if there is a God that loves the whole world, I prefer to worship that God that will be a Hindu. And she just took it up on herself to serve the God that loves the whole world. But she doesn't know where to go. But for 24 good years, she believed in Jesus without going to church. That is a miracle. And that is what I'm trying to make you see this morning, that when you hear certain voices, your past will be gone. There was no Hindu spirit pursuing this woman. For 24 good years, she saved Christ, not been to any church, having not seen an evangelist anywhere. Until one evangelist appeared and was speaking about Jesus Christ. And he asked, is that the one that saves the whole world? He said, yes, he said, that had been my God for 24 years. Why didn't the Hindu spirit pursue her? For, now, she wasn't going to church. There was no pastor. Is anybody hearing what I'm talking about? No pastor, not going to church. She never knew anything called the Bible. But because she just believed in the God that loves the whole world. For 24 good years, she was a believer without being in church. You are in church and your past is troubling you. Now compare that with the story I've just given. To tell you that the trouble you have is your mind. Am I talking to somebody here? You are not hearing or following the voice. That is the greatest problem you can ever have. See, if you look at the book of Hebrews chapter 9, you're going to read the story. If you read from 9 to 10, you read all of that about the tabernacle, just write it down. About the tabernacle, about the ministration. The Bible tells us that the sacrifices they were offering every year could not bring man to perfection as touching conscience because there's always a remembrance of sin. Why were they not coming to perfection? Because there was always the remembrance of sin. And you see that. So you see, look at this Hindu lady. Oh, this daughter of daughter of Christ, not Hindu anymore. Am I correct? When she found Christ by hearing, now listen, it was not herself they were preaching to. Did you get the picture right? It's not as if they came to witness to her. There was a discussion going on. She overheard, and she got convinced that if there is a God that loves the whole world, I would like to serve that God instead of being a Hindu. Did you get that? And immediately. Again, I repeat, immediately she believed into that. Her past was over. Abraham simply believed when God said his past was over. You see, that's a big difference between the law and what we are today. The Bible tells us that the sacrifices make the people to remember their sins every year. You are not bound to remember your past in Christ. Your past is over. Am I talking to somebody here? Your past is over. Help me tell you, nobody, your past is over. Nothing is after you. Hallelujah. Your past is over by reason of the voice. Say, even those who are dead, when they hear the voice of God, they shall do what? They shall live. All your dead past is over for you. In the name of Jesus Christ, you can hang on your past. Isaiah, the Lord said, I do something new. Remember all the things of old. Did he say so? He said, Don't you remember the things of old because I'm doing something new? He said, Can't you see what I'm doing here? I do a new thing. Glory to God. Jesus is making a statement here. Are you dead? Dead in any circumstance, even financially? Are you dead? He said, If you hear the voice, you shall live. Hallelujah. Dead, put anything there. Spiritual dead, physical dead. whatever it is. You shall live. It took the voice of Jesus to get a Lazarus. Man, that was a stinking condition. It's just situation so bad. It's going to take just the voice to get you out. Hallelujah. Are you still there? Okay, let's look at this. I want you to look at this very critically. It's important. Let's get down to Luke 24. Let's get now to Luke 24. I pray giving thanks to the Father because he talks to me. And I love and I enjoy it. Some of you need to get some fasting and prayers to see you come to the place where God can communicate to your spirit. You need it. Mm? You need it. Listen, you walk through this life without hearing God for direction. Hey, you can't make progress, I tell you the truth. You can't. Are we then Luke 24. I'm reading from thirty-nine. Behold, my hands and my feet. Jesus was speaking to two of his disciples. They were his own disciples. When he rose from the grave, they could not understand that this was the same man that they were his disciples, and they were discussing. Don't you know this man died on the road to Emmaus, and here was Jesus resurrected, came to them and walking with them, and said, "What are you talking about? That, are you a stranger?" They're asking the Lord Himself, "Are you a stranger?" Have you not you not, are you not aware Jesus Christ, that man of Nazareth, have been crucified, his own disciples. <laughs> and that is why He could appear to you and you will not know that He is the one. And Paul will say, No we know men. After the flesh, though we have known Christ, after the flesh, but henceforth no we no man after the flesh. What does that mean? Don't you ever consider Jesus the way He was? So those pictures you see on things, my friend, don't put those pictures in your mind. that That is the way Jesus will appear to you. I told you here sometime by the grace of God, I'm an artist. I know what photography and all of those things really means. There was no photography in the days of Jesus. Do you understand? So what makes you think that the way those things you see on picture, that is the way Jesus is? This guy with some blue eyes and... huh? Yeah, you think that's... It's just a general picture of the Palestinians. Are you still there with me? Hallelujah. So Jesus is not like that because if you have that mentality in your mind, if he appears to you, you will spit on him because he can take another form and appear to you. Do you understand this? His own disciples saw him when he appeared to them after resurrection. They could not understand. And then he had to reveal himself through this medium. Behold, my hands. Say, Look at my hands and my feet. That he designed myself. Hand on me and see. For a spirit had no flesh and bones as you see me have. Let me say something here before we make progress. In the resurrection, which we all should attain to, God willing. It's a life that you live in this natural realm, but without blood. See, when he rose from the grave,
1: he has flesh,
0: he has bones, not blood. He didn't say flesh and blood, he said flesh and bones. You could still have this flesh, but a glorified flesh. The very same flesh that Adam had before the fall, not incorruptible flesh. I mean, corruptible flesh. It becomes an incorruptible flesh. You can literally live with this body, but a different body entirely. And that's the kind of body we're going to put on the final analysis of what God is doing. When death shall have been swallowed up in victory, we come out with a glorified body. You're going to literally walk upon this face of the earth, but with a different body. Can I hear amen to that? Amen. The body of flesh and bones, not flesh and blood. Did you understand what I'm saying? Jesus rose from the grave, he will not need all of that. And then, verse 40. And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hand and his feet. And while they yet believed not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, Have ye here any meat? And I gave him a piece of briar fish and of honeycomb. An and I used to make fun with this. Resurrected people, they eat fish, man. Hallelujah. The true life in the kingdom is fish life. Give me more fish, people. hallelujah, are you following what I'm talking about now, amen, are you there, say give me fish, you didn't say give me meat, give me fish, meat is not animal, meat means food, so so that you don't get confused, hey pastor what he's talking about fish and meat, no, 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 what he said, do you have any meat here, the word meat equals what, food, do you have any food here, and they brought fish for him, are you understanding this, and he took it and they it before them. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you. That all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the signs concerning me. What does that mean? Then the next thing he says, Then he your understanding that they might understand what the scriptures. What makes the scriptures? The law. The prophet and the psalms. Now, get this right. When God begins to communicate to you, the Bible will no longer become a mystery. Are you following this now? The Bible will no longer be a mystery because you begin to understand the mind of God from the scriptures. A lot of people read the Bible and they don't understand what they are reading. They don't. Now, but when, listen, this were his own people. They had the Bible, they had the sense, they were reading the Psalms in the synagogue, but they had no understanding about the things they were reading about. Until Christ opened their understanding on this particular day, and that is what you need today. That when you read the book, God will begin to speak to you from the book through the son. Hallelujah. He opened their understanding before now, the never. Now don't you understand this? They read the prophet before they read the law before. They read the Psalms before, but they do not understand what they were reading. Why? Because the Son have not spoken. Their understanding was still sealed. Recently I was praying for a minister of God who came to me. And for three good days, I was navigating in the spirit to find out what this trouble really was. On the third day, he made me to see. That the whole issue in his life is a little veil over his eyes of understanding. And I call him and say, brother, this is your issue. If that veil can be broken, you will see life from another perspective and you'll get established in life. Just an understanding can put you where you're supposed to. Listen, you Listen, he opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. For the very first time, they are beginning to see what the Lord spoke about. They are beginning to see what the sons spoke about. They are beginning to see what the prophets spoke about. And get what Hebrews once said. That in time past God was speaking through this medium. But in the midst of that, that God was speaking through this medium, they were still living in shadow. Because they could not see have understanding. Praise the living God. But today, God is speaking to us through the Son. The word "law" that is very important. You understand it? It means to parcel out, especially food for grazing animals or, or grazing to animals. The parcel out. You know that Listen to me. The law was still part of the gospel, but a portion of the gospel that was parcel out. It was not a full thing. That is why I believe in the book of the laws. Now, listen to me. People say, well, the law is over. Some people don't even preach from it at all. But let me explain something. There's a big difference between moral laws and sacrificial laws. What Jesus came to fulfill was the sacrificial laws of animal sacrifice. But the moral laws are still standing. If you think that is not true, the Bible still says, thou shall not kill. That was the law. Do you kill today because the law is over? So, what are you telling me? It's deception to think that the Old Testament have nothing to do with you now. That's a big lie. Go read the book again. Thou shalt not steal. Is that an old law or a new law? It's an old law. But it's still relevant today. Do you still steal today? Because you are not a New Testament believer. And I just how people deceive themselves. I don't believe in the Old Testament. I don't believe. No, that's not true. It's just that you don't have understanding of what the Old Testament is talking about. That's what he's saying. When you read the Old Testament, you can find out what the New Testament is actually talking about. Praise the living God. So here God opened the understanding and one of the reasons people don't read the Old Testament because it's full of symbols. They can't interpret the symbols. They find it easier and quicker to open the New Testament and begin to jump around it. But you can't truly see all of this until you see them from the Old Testament. Because how can you say you are standing and then there is light and then there is no shadow. There is never a time. It can only be reduced but there is always a shadow for any figure that is standing where there is light. Am I correct somebody? And the Bible said that is the shadow. So if the shadow must lead to the light. I I, I read a story sometime when I was young. There was this white man was it was very good in, in his gun, hunting, as the case may be. But it was on the river, this river Niger. And then there was these bells that were flying upstairs. They were just flying up, flying like that. And then he took his gun. Instead of aiming, he just put the gun and was washing. And then, as soon as the shadow fell directly on his gun, he put the trigger and the bear dropped. He was such a good marksman. And he caught this prey through the shadow of the prey. With me, the shadow leads to the real thing. Am I correct, somebody? So don't tell me the shadow is irrelevant. If you understand the shadow, you'll find the real thing. And that is what Jesus did here. He opened the understanding to the law, the prophets. Are you getting that? And the son. And they finally discover who Jesus was. Praise the living God. So your eyes of understanding that Paul was talking about to be enlightened simply means you come to really understand that when you read the book you should know exactly what Christ was talking about. But above all to come to the place of the faith of the son of God I ask you this question. What book did Abraham read before he believed God? Talk to me. Hallelujah. What book was there for Gideon to read? What book was that? No, just text to me. All the heroes of faith, what book were they reading in the true sense? Hmm? Literally, there was no book for them. Hallelujah. Are you still following what I'm talking about? You don't have what you call the Bible that they were reading. But today you are so privileged that you can read the Bible, even if you cannot hear in your spirit, man, you can read the Bible. But let me tell you this. I once spoke to someone. He was telling me, well, I don't listen to anybody. Why I don't? Because the anointing in me, the Bible said, will teach me all things. You are in error. Can I explain what I mean? It was Apostle John who wrote that in the book of First John. If it is true that the anointing in you will teach you all things, why were they still teaching? Come on. Did you follow what I'm talking about? They were still teaching even after the Holy Spirit had been poured out. So if the anointing in the believers was going to teach them all things, why were they still preaching and teaching the people? What he was trying to say is this, the anointing in your life, which is the Spirit of God in your life, can bear witness of truth if an error is coming into your life. You can feel tired. That's what it means. Because the true gospel will bear witness with the spirit that is in you. Because it is the son in you that is supposed to be speaking. So deep calling unto deep. So if somebody is preaching and is preaching the right message, you can bear witness of that right message in your spirit. That's what it means to say. In other words, you can't be deceived. So if you don't know the voice, you'll be deceived. If you can't hear the voice, you'll be deceived. But when you begin to hear and understand what the voice Israel is really saying, there is no more deception for you. And where there is no more deception, there is no more debt. Can I hear an amen to that? Because one of the things that leads to corruption and death is what? Is deception. Where well, you don't know what you are supposed to know and do what you are supposed to do because you are not well informed. But the hour has come. And I prophesy to you today that God will begin to speak through your spirit. You will hear God for yourself. You will understand him from this hour. He will speak in your dreams and in your visions. You will know that this is God that is talking to me.